Section 32 of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shelley Stephen. Farmington Hills, Michigan. ShelleyStephen.com. Modern Magic A Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring by Professor Lewis Hoffman. Section 32. Chapter 14. Ball Tricks Requiring Special Apparatus Before proceeding to the description of the tricks which form the subject of this chapter, it may be well to mention one or two principles of sleight of hand, not yet noticed, which have a special application to ball tricks and are also useful with regard to oranges, apples, eggs, etc., the pass called the tourniquet or french drop described already in relation to coin will be found equally applicable to balls up to a couple of inches in diameter but is not available for objects of larger size balls of larger diameter are best palmed by one or other of the methods following first method taking the ball in either hand the performer tosses the ball from palm to palm at a few inches distance four or five times finally making the motion of tossing it from the right hand to the left but really retaining it in the right by a slight contraction of the palm and at the same time closing and elevating the left hand and following it with the eyes as though it contained the ball it is obvious that a ball of this size now under consideration say of two to three inches in diameter would not admit of the hand containing it being perfectly closed and this must be borne in mind in the position of the left hand the fingers of which must not be tightly closed as they would if apparently containing a coin or other very small article but merely curved inward the palm of course being turned toward the performer's own body so as not to disclose the secret of its emptiness where the hand of the performer is small or the ball is of such a size as not to be readily retained in the right hand by the contraction of the palm the thumb may be used to assist in supporting it. Second method. Taking the ball between his open hands, the performer rolls it round and round between his palms as though it were a lump of clay which he was molding into a spherical form, and in doing so, gradually turns his hands until the back of his right hand is undermost, when, with an inward movement of that hand towards himself, he palms the ball therein and at the same time closing and elevating the left hand as described for the last method to vanish a large ball with the aid of the table first method standing behind his table the ball being some six or eight inches from its hinder edge the performer places both hands round it apparently picking it up and bringing it forward between his two hands from which however the ball is on examination found to have vanished its disappearance is effected as follows at the moment when the performer encircles the ball with his hands he gives with the little finger of the hand which is innermost and therefore unseen by the audience a quick jerk to the ball which is thereby made to roll towards the hinder edge of the table and drop upon the servant, on which there should be a padded box or basket to receive it. The action is wholly concealed from the spectators by the hands, which, with the exception of the finger which does the work, 
should remain motionless. Second method. Standing behind his table, as in the last case, the performer tosses up the ball and catches it again three or four times, keeping the hands low so as to be near the edge of the table. The hands naturally sink in the act of catching the ball, and after having caught it once or twice, the performer, as he lowers them, drops it on the servant, immediately raising them again with the action of throwing up the ball, taking care to follow it with the eyes in its imaginary flight. If this is done neatly, the eyes of the spectators will instinctively travel in the same direction, and the effect to them will be as if the ball vanished at its highest point of its upward flight instead of disappearing as it really does at the moment of reaching the hands in its fall. This method may also be employed for objects other than of spherical shape. Third method. The performer, standing behind his table as before and placing the ball thereon, covers it with the right hand and rolls it round and round in circles, each time bringing it nearer and nearer to the hinder edge of the table till it finally rolls over and drops upon the servant. He continues the motion of the hand for two or three turns as though the ball were still under it, gradually working back towards the center of the table, the effect to the spectator being as if the ball melted away under the operator's fingers. Fourth method. This is generally employed to apparently pass one object into another, say, a small ball into a large one. The performer, standing a little behind his table, with his right side slightly turned to the spectators, takes in his right hand the small ball and in his left the large one. The latter he holds about shoulder high, keeping his eyes fixed upon it and remarking, I shall now pass this small ball into this large one. He draws back and lowers the right arm as though to give it impetus as one naturally does in the act of throwing. This brings the right hand just over the padded box or basket on the servant and allows him to drop the small ball therein. Without any pause, he brings the right hand smartly up to the left, describing a tolerably wide arc in its transit, and then separating his hands shows that the smaller ball has vanished, having apparently passed into the large one. This sleight is not confined to objects of spherical form, but may be used with any article of convenient size. With this introduction, we shall now proceed to describe a few of the more popular ball tricks. The ball box. The leading idea of most of the tricks which we are about to describe is the magical appearance or disappearance of a ball. So far, they resemble the cup and ball tricks described in the last chapter, but with this difference that in the case of the present series, the main effect is produced by mechanical means, any sleight of hand employed being rather an accessory than the leading feature. The oldest and simplest of the mechanical appliances for this purpose is that known as the ball box, consisting of a box two to six inches in height of the shape shown in figure 127, and containing a ball which just fills it. The box consists of three portions, the lower portion, or box proper, A, the lid, C, and an intermediate portion, B, being a hollow hemisphere colored externally in imitation of the ball and so fitted with reference to the box and lid that it may be either lifted off with the lid, leaving the box apparently empty, 
or may be left upon the box when the lid is removed, the effect to the eye being as if the ball had returned to the box. The ball box is generally of turned boxwood and is scored with concentric circles which serve to disguise its double opening. Simply stated, its effect is as follows. The solid ball is first shown in the box and then openly taken from it and the box covered with the lid. The ball is then got rid of in one or other of the modes before described and a pretense is made of passing it invisibly into the box. The lid is removed without the intermediate portion B and the ball appears to have returned to the box. Again, the lid is replaced and again removed, but this time B is removed with it and the box again appears empty. The trick in this form is to be found in every toy shop is so well known as to produce scarcely any illusion, but its transparency may be considerably diminished by previously palming in the right hand the movable shell B, the convex side being inward, and then handing round the remaining portions and solid ball for inspection. When they are returned, the performer apparently places the ball in the box, but really makes a secret exchange and places B in the box instead. Upon again removing the lid, and with it B, the ball has disappeared, and as the audience have, as they believe, inspected the whole apparatus, the mode of its disappearance is not quite so obvious as in the first case. At best, however, the ball box in this its pristine form is a clumsy and inartistic contrivance and has long been relegated to the juvenile and country fair school of conjuring. There is, however, an improved apparatus for producing a similar effect, which is generally worked in couples under the name of the red and black ball vases. The receptacle for the ball is, in this case, made in the form of a neat vase without any of the telltale grooves which disfigure the older ball box. See figure 128. Like its prototype, it is in three parts, which we will distinguish as before by the letters A, B, and C. The portion B, however, in this case goes completely within the lid C, within which it fits just tightly enough to be lifted off with it. When, however, the performer desires to leave B upon A, he presses down, in the act of lifting off the cover, a movable button or stud at the top. This pushes out the shell B from the cover, and when the latter is lifted, leaves it upon A. When used in pairs, the ball vases are usually made with one red and one black ball, the shells B of each vase being also one black and one red. The balls are first offered for examination, after which the red ball is placed in the vase containing the black shell, and the black ball in that which contains the red shell. The vases are then covered, and on the covers being again removed, leaving the hollow shells upon the vases, the red ball being covered by the black shell, and the black ball by the red shell. The effect to the spectator is as if the two balls had changed places. By leaving alternately the one or the other shell over its respective vase, the ball in the opposite vase being left uncovered, the vases may be made to appear as if both containing red balls or both black balls, the genuine balls being finally again exhibited as at first. 
there is yet another form of ball box also frequently worked in pairs and designed to simulate the apparent passage of a ball from the one box to the other the vase in this case consists of two parts only the vase proper a and the cover b but the latter is of such a height as to completely contain the ball and of such a size internally that if the ball be jerked up into the cover it will not again fall unless a slight shake be used to displace it see figure 129 each vase has its own ball and the mode of use is as follows one of the vases is prepared beforehand by jerking up the ball into the cover which may then be removed showing the vase apparently empty or both may first be shown empty and the ball then introduced secretly under the cover after the manner of the cups and balls the remaining vase and ball are offered for inspection and when they are returned the ball is placed within and covered over after which the closed vase is placed upon the table but in the act of doing this the performer gives the apparatus a slight upward jerk thereby causing the ball therein to rise into the cover where it remains the second vase is once more shown as empty but replacing it on the table the performer puts it down sharply thereby causing the ball to drop from the cover into the cup he now orders the ball which the company have seen placed in the first vase to pass invisibly into the second and on again opening the two this transition will appear to have taken place and by a repetition of the process the ball may be made to travel backwards and forwards from one vase to the other morrison's pillbox in this trick called by french conjurers la pilule du diable the device of the shell is carried still further the box in this case is spherical standing upon a thin stem see figure 130 and each part box proper and lid contains a half shell the edge of one having a rebate or holder so as to fit into the other the two conjoined having the appearance of a solid ball the genuine ball is of such a size as to just fill the hollow shells when thus joined the lower shell fits loosely in the box and the upper one a little more tightly so as not to fall out unless pressed down by the button on the top of the lid which not only loosens it from the lid but presses it into the union with the lower shell the mode of using the apparatus is as follows it is first brought forward with the one half shell in the box and the other in the lid the true ball which is of the same color as the shell generally black being placed within the lower shell the ball is ostentatiously removed and the box closed the box is then either placed in some piece of apparatus adapted to cause its disappearance or is made to vanish by sleight of hand in one or other of the modes already described the ball is now ordered to return to the box which for greater certainty is once more shown empty the performer again closes it pressing as he does so the button on the top of the lid thus compelling the two half shells to coalesce on again reopening the box the ball has to all appearance returned as commanded the ball box now under consideration 
has this great advantage over the single shell vases, that the sham ball can be completely removed from the box and shown on all sides, thus apparently negativing the possibility of its being a shell only. The trick may also be worked very effectively by using a genuine ball of a different color to the shell with the addition of a duplicate of each. Thus, if the shell be black, you must be provided with a solid ball of the same color and two red balls. One of the latter, as also the solid black ball, should be of such a size as to go inside the shell, the remaining red ball being of the same size as the shell in its complete condition. The half shells being in their place in the box, the performer brings it forward together with the smaller red and black ball keeping the remaining red ball concealed in his palm. Borrowing a handkerchief, he wraps, apparently, the black ball therein and gives it to someone to hold, really substituting the palmed red ball and getting rid of the black ball as soon as he can into one of his secret pockets. He then places the remaining red ball in the box and, having covered it over, commands the black ball in the handkerchief to change places with the red one in the box. Upon examination, the change has apparently taken place, the red ball in the box being now enclosed within the hollow shell and thus having all the appearance of the solid black ball. The ball which changes to a rose. This is little more than an enlarged edition of the apparatus just described, the ball in Morrison's pill box being generally of about an inch and a half in diameter while in the present case the ball is nearly double that size. See figure 131. The only other difference is the addition of a short pin, about a sixteenth of an inch in length, projecting from the bottom of the cup and fitting into a corresponding hole in the lower shell. The addition of this pin enables the performer, after having pressed the stud at top, and thus cause the ball to appear in the previously empty box to again cause its disappearance. This is effected by opening the box with a slight lateral pressure when the pin acts as a stop or check to hold back the lower shell, and the shells which are in this instance made to fit rather more loosely together are thus forced to separate again, the lower being left in the cup and the upper in the lid as before. This apparatus is generally used with a solid black ball and a couple of artificial rosebuds as nearly alike as possible. The apparatus is brought forward empty and with the solid ball and one of the rosebuds is handed to the audience for inspection. The two half shells joined together so as to form a hollow ball with the second rosebud within are placed ready to hand in one of the pockets of the performer. The audience having duly examined the apparatus, the performer returns to his table, secretly exchanging as he does so the solid for the hollow ball. This latter he places openly in the cup, taking care that the hole in the lower shell duly corresponds with the pin at bottom and puts on the cover. He now announces that the ball which he has just placed in the cup will at command fly away and that the rosebud which he holds shall take its place. The disappearance of the visible rosebud is effected in any way that the invention or the appliances at command of the performer may suggest. 
and on the box being opened, so as to part the two shells, the ball has apparently disappeared and the rose has taken its place. By again closing the box, and this time pressing the stud on the top, the flower may again be made to vanish and the ball to reappear in its original position. The popular trick of the flower in the buttonhole, which will be described under the head of miscellaneous tricks, may be used in conjunction with this apparatus, the ball being found in the place of the flower, while the latter is made to appear in the buttonhole. A similar apparatus to the one above is sometimes made in metal and of a size sufficient to enclose a cannonball, which being made to disappear, its place is supplied by a variety of articles which have been otherwise disposed of at an earlier period. The Obedient Ball This trick is of Japanese origin and from that circumstance is sometimes known as the Japanese ball. It is performed with a large black wooden ball about five inches in diameter with a hole bored through it from side to side. A piece of stout rope, four or five feet in length, with a knot at one end, completes the apparatus. The performer commences by passing the rope through the ball and the hands both for examination. The ball is found to run loosely upon the rope and both are manifestly quite free from mechanism or preparation. The articles being returned, the performer places his foot upon the knotted end of the rope and taking the other end in his right hand, holds it in a perpendicular position. The ball is raised as far as the length of rope will admit and on being again released, immediately runs down again as would naturally be expected. The performer now announces that in obedience to his will, the laws of gravity will be in this particular instance suspended. Accordingly, on his again raising the ball to any portion of the rope, it remains stationary at that height until released by his command, when it instantly runs down. Other persons are invited to come forward and to place the ball at any height they please, the ball again remaining stationary until released by the word of the operator, when it slowly descends, stopping, however, in its course and remaining fixed whenever commanded by the performer to do so. The secret lies in the fact that the hole in the ball is not made straight from end to end, but curved with an angle or break in the middle. See figure 132. So long as the rope is slack, it runs through easily enough, but as soon as it is drawn taut and thus forced into a straight line, it is clipped by the opposite angles A, B, and C, creating an amount of friction which would support a much greater weight than that of the ball. The performer has, therefore, only to draw the rope taut when he desires the ball to remain stationary and to slacken when he desires it to run down. There is another form of the obedient ball, designed for drawing room use. The ball in this case is about two and a half inches in diameter and the bore is straight, but tapering from a quarter of an inch at the one opening to about half an inch at the other. The cord used is a thin piece of whipcord and the ball therefore runs quite loosely upon it. There is, however, in this case an additional element in the apparatus, consisting of a little black wooden plug about an inch in length and tapering so as to fit midway into the bore of the ball. See figure 133, 
in which A represents a nearly full-size view of the plug in question. The plug is bored after the manner of the large ball, the hole being of such a size as to just allow the cord to run through it. This plug is secretly threaded upon the cord before commencing the trick. The cord, which in this case has a tassel instead of a knot at one end, being passed through it from the larger end. This plug is kept concealed in the hand of the performer, and the string being allowed to dangle down on either side of it. The ball is handed round for examination, and when returned, the cord is passed through it from the side which has the larger opening. The ball is then allowed to drop quickly to the full extent of the cord. As it runs down, it encounters the plug, which is thereby placed in position within the ball, and both run down together until stopped by the tassel. From this point, the working of the trick is the same as with the larger ball. End of section 32.